Welcome to Retail Done Right. I'm Christine Gonzalez-Wertz. And I'm Jeff Fisher. We're bringing the energy today just in time for, to quote Andy Williams, the most wonderful time of the year. It's beginning to look a lot like. Have you started your holiday shopping, Jeff? I bought you something already. Oh, the pressure's on, Christine. Let me say that I'm checking my list twice. Christine, you're clearly listening to the news reports about the remarkable labor market. The labor force shrank in September. There's 5 million fewer people working than before the pandemic. And according to the New York Times, there's 3 million fewer people looking for work. Will you be able to find help in stores and restaurants this holiday season? How can a retailer find and retain the right talent? I don't think there are any silver bullets or any silver bells. Okay, all kidding aside. Seriously, every retailer I give my custom to has offered me a job. And I think fondly of my days at Pottery Barn, Williams Sonoma, and I wish I could say I felt special, but they're offering everyone a job. I don't know anyone better to talk about this than our stars from season one, Jackie Culp and Lou Chessman. Welcome to Retail Done Right. We're in the era of the customer channel where shoppers rule. This requires retailers to be empathetic and supportive of their customers in every way. Today, what's going on with the labor market? We share practical ideas to find and retain staff. Currently, Lou and Jackie are helping retailers win with the consulting firm Next Performance Horizon. And there's no better retail operations executives that we know who can help us navigate through this topic. Welcome, Jackie and Lou. Thank you, Jeff and Christine. It's a pleasure to be back. And from everything that we are seeing, the holiday season is upon us and the holiday deals have begun. No doubt to stay ahead of the staffing issues, supply chain issues. Ho, 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 ho. Man, I can't believe it's that time of year again. Really appreciate the invite, Jeff and Christine, and ready to discuss what's on every retailer's mind right now. Hi, guys. So glad to have your high energy and deep insights back along with us. We have read about how people are leaving retail in droves. We hear about toxic environments, and we've seen that the end of pandemic benefits is not bringing on the spate of hiring needed to replace people in roles, let alone staff up for a holiday rush. So as Jackie pointed out, 4.3 million people quit their jobs in August, uh, according to the U.S. Labor Department. And that's an astronomical amount. That represents 3% of the total workforce. But if we look at who's quitting the most, it's 900,000 people in restaurants, bars, and hotels, and 721,000 people who left their retail gigs. And 706,000 ditched their jobs in professional services. That's a lot of people. All of those people can't be existing at the end of the expanded unemployment benefits. Several recent studies have told us that the extra payments only played a small role in this. And at the University of Massachusetts, an economist named Aaron Darajit Duby 
has noted in their studies that the idea was that there were lots of jobs and it was just that people weren't looking. That was the narrative. And all of us would agree that that story just doesn't hold up. So what are we supposed to do about these record-breaking statistics? What should we be thinking is going on? Well, Christine, retail has always had high turnover. So I need to emphasize that. Turnover is nothing new to this industry. But What's going on today is across the board. Pandemic-era relief checks, the rent moratoriums, and even student loan forgiveness have empowered many to take risks not possible before. True, Lou. I think this is also compounded by many of today's realities. As detailed in the Fortune article, a high number of the retail workforce are women, so childcare, health concerns, opportunities to work from home. These are some of the issues, Christine. Definitely a lot going on. We spoke in season one about the fact that people work for people. Obviously, still true today. It just seems so disjointed with what I'm reading about the labor market. According to a recent McKinsey report, 40% of employees stated that they're at least somewhat likely to leave their current job in the next three to six months. Most employers are experiencing greater turnover and most expect the problem to continue or worsen over the next six months. And to build on what Christine and Jackie, you just said, according to a recent article in the Wall Street Journal, and I quote, many economists expected school reopenings, expiring unemployment benefits, and the fading Delta variant to help boost labor force participation this fall. But evidence suggests labor shortages might be deepening Labor supply declined in September and workers quit at a record rate in August, end quote. I know it's real. My husband went into work extra early the other day because he was anticipating one of his employees to call out sick. Behavior that previously may go against you is more tolerated today because there's no one in the pipeline. What's your take? Is there a root cause? Hey, Jeff, there's a war for talent. Plus... Look, retailers are just being held hostage by bad employees, like the experience that your husband had. Now, personally, I suspect that corporate strategies misdiagnosed or completely were unaware to the risks associated with their decisions with the business reopening this time last year. Too many have focused on what they believe motivates their people to perform better and simply overlooked eliminating factors which demotivates people. Now, if I was to complete a root cause analysis, I'd most likely deduce many failed to compensate or even identify the risks associated with their reopening strategies. Now, the following demotivating factors should have been addressed. Company restructure impacting role security, ineffective supervision due to remote leadership, poor working conditions due to limited flexible scheduling, and personal life challenges due to mental health. Plus, elevating turnover as a key performance indicator and main business objective. Thanks, Lou. I believe a major cause is outlined in the first paragraph of this article, Jeff, and I quote, companies are struggling to address the problem and many will continue to struggle for one simple reason. They don't really understand why their employees are leaving in the first place, end quote. People work for people requires having a genuine, authentic relationship with your associates. You need to be inquisitive. You need to ask questions. When you do so, you need to listen to responses, have empathy, build trust. 
oftentimes people don't quit jobs, they quit people. Listeners, by the way, we will provide all of the links to these articles in the show notes. We talk about wages. The New York Times also reported that some restaurants are playing with the underlying wage model to create changes. And that is interesting where you're looking at a tipped employee in New York making $2.13 an hour. They're starting to see somebody who can now make approximately $27 an hour. You're starting to see average for paid workers in hospitality go up to about $16.60 an hour. And you're starting to see people actually looking at an average of 1350 plus tips, according to a survey from One Fair Wage. We're looking at some new ways of resolving some of those challenges. But I also think that some of the problem, especially on the managerial side, is around tech. And I know I'm the tech advocate among us, so I'm just going to be the person who says this. A lot of times the algorithms that are being used to screen out people are not being tuned effectively to hire. And that's why you're seeing so many people conducting on-the-spot interviews and not being willing to go through some of the applications because the ability to get workers on board is so much more critical. But what happens is you then have to resort back to the applications for onboarding and it becomes challenging in getting people on fast enough. Can you guys weigh in on the rise in wage and the challenges with technology? Look, it's hard to say that it isn't just about wages, considering this year's consumer price index will rise almost 6%, which is the highest in 20 years. But I agree with you. It isn't. Money isn't everything. And I've come across a few studies that found that the majority of people would take less money to do work that they find it more meaningful. Also, studies have shown that majority of people are looking for opportunities to expand their skill set. So I would think that career advancement is a big consideration for a lot of individuals. I would also consider high on the list of many would be the work benefits, including more flexible work weeks. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Christine, to build on what you were saying from a tech side of things, the human aspect of hiring has become less and less a reality. Cracking the code to breaking through the ATS automated tracking systems, it's challenging. And computers are disqualifying candidates and applicants at an alarmingly high rate. Boy, I agree with you on that, Jackie. Two recent announcements by retailers that made the press. Number one, REI announced they'll pay all their employees to get outside on Black Friday. Number two, Target announced that they'll be paying their store and service center staff $2 more per hour on peak days during the holiday season. Who would you prefer to work for? Hey, Jeff, I just really love the ongoing announcements from retailers where they're challenging their assumed constraints of their workforce benefits. Now, personally, of those two that you just shared, it would really depend on the situation. Look, if I was thinking about holiday work, then I'm just going to go where the money is. However, if I'm looking for a career, then I'm going to go with a company that emphasizes the work-life balance benefit. Yeah, great points, Lou. 
I believe we'll see far less stores open long hours, if even at all, on Thanksgiving. The deals have started, we know. Uh, Shop early has been the message for many reasons, supply chain, shipping challenges, as well as staffing challenges. Another point that was interesting in the Target article you referenced, Jeff, is that they plan to offer more hours to their existing associates and will plan to hire less holiday help. Yeah. So, Lou, I'm playing right into what you just said. There's no shortage of news reports about retailers hiring even. It's been reported that retailers are projected to hire over 700,000 workers this holiday. On Target alone, 100,000. Walmart, 150,000. What can customers expect this holiday season? Long lines, empty shelves, and higher prices. So true. Spot on, Jackie. Spot on. Look, many retailers are addressing new issues with old solutions. It was BS yesterday. It's BS today. Now, at least I have confidence that my Amazon gifts will arrive on time thanks to their industry best $18 an hour. They're actually going to add an additional three to that, Jeff, in metro areas. A $3,000 signing bonus and in addition to benefits, paid tuition and access to training. Well, that is certainly an improvement. These retail workers are all being asked to deal with a public that might or might not mask up in front of them. They themselves might not want to mask up, but are required to. By the way, I should add here that I am a huge vaccine proponent and am clearly vaxxed and going to qualify for my booster shots. But I do think that it's challenging when you have customers who can be very threatening if you ask them to wear a mask. There are risks in working at retail, so you better be paying for people to take those risks. In addition, guys, what do retailers need to do to attract staff? Are they looking for love in all the wrong places? Well, Christine, I think they need to start with their existing teams. Do they feel valued and appreciated? Many of the things you just talked about. Do they enjoy the people they work with, the boss they work for? Start with them. Who do they know? Who would they recommend joining the team? It's got to be a family. Good idea. Christine, if they aren't looking within, like Jackie highlighted, then yes, they're looking in all the wrong places. My experience, the best source for new hires is right under your nose. I'd recommend offering your employees bonuses for successful hires. And look, when they bring in people they know, it seems to raise the overall team morale. However, in 2021, retailers must focus on their reputation. I've said it before, I'll keep saying it. There's just this war for talent. And I recommend to win that war, you must stand out from your competition. If you made a commitment to hire a diverse and inclusive workforce, or if you've taken steps to reduce your carbon footprint, then you got to let your applicants know about it. Great points, Lou. Let's continue on this more practical conversation, real-world advice. These have been mentioned, but there's childcare challenges increase in challenging customer behavior. And to lose point, high turnover is not unusual in retail. But it does seem like there's a shift to more attention on staff, which I think is a good thing, though maybe a bit too early to say if this is really definitive. I'm curious from both of your perspectives, what do retailers need to do today to retain the staff? That's a loaded question. You know, 
because it starts with the relationship and the conversation is the relationship. So retailers need to open dialogue specifically with the new members of their workforce. They need to listen to their concerns and strive to understand why certain issues really matter to them. I'd also think retailers must prepare their employees for the future by providing the training, the tools that will enable them to succeed. They must ask themselves, how can they help employees realize their ambitions and stay loyal? Retailers also should take visible and vocal stances that assume responsibility for delivering societal impact. Agree, Lou. Part of making team members feel valued is providing them a path for growth, both personally and professionally. I'd like to build on this, specifically as it relates to retaining staff. And I'm reading more and more about embracing your staff's social presence for the benefit of your brand. Retailers are, quote, casting their staff. It can help to make the retailer or the employer look better. What's better than a recommendation from your own staff, to your point, Lou? Duncan calls them crew ambassadors. Brandy Melville is an example. Lots of warranted negative press lately. Do not get me started on Brandy Melville. I do not even want to tell you how much I dislike those people right now. Diversity, and I don't always want to be the person bringing up negative press reports. This was remarkable. Business Insider's first line in their Brandy Melville article was, according to Brandy Melville employees, CEO Stefan Marthan, wants his employees, wants his staffers to be young, thin, pretty, and white. And it just gets worse. This is an in-demand brand for high school girls. And as of, again, quoting, as of 2019, annual global revenue surpassed $250 million, according to a former executive, with teenagers scouring the resale night uh, Depop for rare brandy. For some customers, it's a dream job. YouTube videos, TikToks about what it's like to work up the stores, rack up millions of views. And employees who appear on that brand's Instagram can become celebrities in their own right. But, you know, girls work at these stores and they're required to send full body photos to executives. I can't even say it. One of the women who worked there said it best. If I could say anything to the owners... I would say you had such an amazing opportunity to be a safe, inclusive space for young women, and instead you took advantage of them. We're talking about diversity, we're talking about hiring, and you're taking some of the best and hardest workers, the people who need and want jobs, and saying, oh no, no, sorry, I'm stopping now. All valid points, Christine. Totally agree with you. Yeah, Christina, I can't believe we're even having this conversation at all. You know, this is where retail has gone wrong. Yes. One of the most important initiatives across all sectors of business is the company's diversity, inclusion, and belonging program. Full stop. All levels of leadership need to be bought in, participate, and model the way. It can't just be lip service. I'm so sorry to have to talk about this. So I'm going to change the subject because I really get worked up about it. And I apologize for that. If you were to talk about adding one benefit that retailers could offer to attract new talent, what would it be? What rewards or incentives for great service can be brought into the mix by creative, fast-acting retailers to make the jobs they have 
compelling and more fulfilling. You're going to have to take an innovative approach here if you're asking something new, something that we haven't seen. The person that comes to mind is just interview today, get hired today. I'd like to see retailers right now as they're struggling to staff up for holiday, just apply an easy apply, quick to offer process. You know, how about no resume required, no application required, you know, no drug test required. That's a great way to look at it, Lou. Easy apply, quick to offer. I'd also say offer innovative job flexibility. For instance, make your own work schedule. We talk about work-life balance or work from home, supporting social media influencing or customer service follow-up. It's just adding some additional perks that makes the person want to come in and do their very best. Jackie and Lou, great, great insights today. Thank you so much for joining us on Retail Done Right. To both of you, Lou and Jackie, what's the best way for people to find you? Hey, Jeff, social media. You know, you can hit me up on LinkedIn. Agreed. LinkedIn is, is a great place. Perfect. We're ending each episode with a new question. And the practical advice already expressed by you both has been very generous. We're talking how to attract staff, looking from within. Don't forget that people work for people. Listen, be empathetic. That being said, I want to put you on the spot. What's the one change you'd like to see retailers make in the next six to 12 months? Yeah, Jeff, I think it's easy. The pandemic threw us all quickly into a virtual world. I believe that leaders need to get back into the stores, spend time with the frontline associates. They are the face of the company to the customer, and it's important to influence what that impression will be. I agree, Jackie. Mine isn't so easy. One change? Love, love their people. Retailers need to love their people. And in the next six to 12 months, I'd love to see a ton of smiles through the masks of their people. And I promise you this, retailers, if you truly love your people and you put your people first in return, they're going to love their customers and put your customers first. Smiling is undervalued, isn't it, Lou? Thank you again to Lou Chessman and Jackie Kolb. Christine, let's take this home. We're in the era of the customer channel. It's time to change our approach and business practices to deliver what the customer wants. This is Retail Done Right. Thank you for joining our conversation. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, basically any podcast platform. And our theme music was composed by J.D. Sirwa. Thanks, all. Be sure to check out the show notes for the articles we've referenced. And leave us a review if you can. Tell us what you liked. Tell us what you didn't like. And if that includes asking me to tone down my diversity and inclusion pieces, I get that. But listeners, we thank you so much for spending your time with us. Take care. We will talk to you soon.